We are jumping into the New Testament today. Anybody remember what book we're going to start? John. That's right. And uh, anybody know how many books are in the New Testament? 27. Who said that? I heard her first. Don't mess with him. Okay, go, go get your cookie now. No. 27 books. And uh, anybody know how many books are in the Old Testament? 39. 39 and 27 is, for you math whiz, 66 books, right? So, so we're going to just, this is, a, this is actually much simpler uh, for the New Testament, though, but just kind of breaks, it breaks down in, into only three categories, really. And the numbers are very similar, though, like, what are the numbers for the Old Testament? 512, 5512. Five, five, so, so this is 521-1. One, and if you just think of the 12 backwards, isn't that, isn't that clever? Man, I, I was up all night thinking of that. No. So, so there's three sections in the New Testament. Can, can you all, do you all know what those three sections are called? Let me give you some help here. Oh, history, that's just like the Old Testament. History, right? It's not all Gospels, though, because the book of Acts is included in that. So it's more of a history, a narrative of the history of... What's the next section? I heard someone say letters, and someone else said epistles. Well, letters is the word we would use today, right? But the old school is called it epistles. But in the, all an epistle is, is a letter, right? It's just an epistle is a letter who somebody sent. Okay? 21 different letters. And what's the last category? Prophecy, right. Only one. You should know the name of that book, right? What is it? Revelation. Okay, we're gonna, we'll break this down a little bit more later. But, but we're going to start... Uh, a study in the Gospel of John. I want to. I want to throw out this little challenge for you to read the whole book of John. How many chapters are in the book of John? Twenty-one. Twenty-one chapters. If you can read the whole book of John, if you read a chapter a day, it would take you three weeks. If you if you read a half a chapter a day, it would take you Six weeks. If you read a quarter of a chapter of, day, of a day, let's see, quarter? That's 12 weeks. I just, you know, some of your attention span is so short that I don't know how I'm even going to get through this message because you're, like, you're already looking at your watches. So, so, that's a challenge for you. We're going, to be in, we're going to be in this book for a lot longer than three weeks or six weeks or even 12 weeks, right? You all know that already. It might be till Jesus returns, for all, for all we know. But, so that gives you time, but, but I, want you, I want you to read. And then, and then when, you know, each week you can kind of read ahead to the next section that we're going to look at. And you're going to try to guess, well, how many verses or how much of a verse 
is he going to do this next week? So you can try to guess, right, where I'm going to go. And, and that should be a real challenge because half the time I don't know until I really just start to read it and get into it and, under, and, and try to understand it and, and, and ask you know, God, what is it that you want to bring out in this passage? Because, because you know, 10 people could look at it and have 10 different, uh, not 10 different meanings, but 10 different approaches to uh, how they want to present that material, that passage, right? There's only, you know, there's only one scripture, and I don't, I'm not talking about having 10 different meanings of a passage. We might have 10 different applications, but, but the meaning, so... So we're going, to look at, we're going to look at the Gospel of John. But before we get there, you know what I like to do? I, I, I like to look at uh, some background stuff. First of all, uh, who was the Gospel of John written by? Mark. <laughs> See, he's already lost attention. He's already out there. Man. Coffee? Coffee? Is it getting warm in here or what? Like, Okay, so, John. Written, by, written by John. Now, what I want to look at today, and you, you've already seen it probably in your bulletin, is an interesting statement. It's found five times in the Gospel of John. Five times. And this is what it is. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Right? Now, it's an interesting passage, and, and John doesn't say who it is. He doesn't say who it is. But when you look at different passages and you look at how it all kind of fits together, it all points to who? To him. So you've got to think about this. Is this like arrogance? Is this like, is this like you know, conceit? Is this his ego? Did you look at my notes? Or is it, like he said, is it that he was just convinced and he knew it and he believed it? That's what I think. He knew that he was loved by Jesus. Charles Spurgeon, the great, the great English preacher, said this, don't, don't suspect him of egotism, but the simplicity of his spirit, knowing it to be truth, he does not hesitate to say it. It's a simple thing. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. So, when, you know, the questions I want to try to answer today is, do you and I know that? Do we know it? Do we say it? And do we really believe it? Do we really believe it? Or is it just something, you know, we, we learn as kids, you know, uh, some of us anyways. I didn't learn it I was, as I was a kid. It's not really happening in my house. We sing that song, Jesus Loves Me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Let's all sing that together, a rousing chorus. Just kidding. You know, when I, when I think about this, what I think of is that some, if not many of us say this, you love me? Any of you, you know what I'm talking about here? You love me? And then the enemy comes along and then he says this. He says, did God really say that he loved you? 
You know, that, that kind of a lie has come from the very, from, from Genesis chapter 3, right? Did God really say, does his word really say that he loves you? You see, John had an encounter with Jesus. We're going to look at those five passages and, and, and a few other passages. So, so, so let's, just, let's just go through these verses. Uh, first of all, the first one's found in John 13. So it, it takes all the way till chapter 13 before he actually says it. Is that how long it took for him to kind of get to that place where he said, Jesus loves me. I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. I am loved by Jesus. And he's not afraid to say it. He's not afraid to admit it. John chapter 13, verse 23. <clears throat> First of all, he had, he had, uh, Jesus had told them that one of them was going to betray him. And verse 22 says, His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. They were often clueless. In verse 23, one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him, that is, next to Jesus. And Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. And leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? And then he goes on to talk about Judas, of course. Now, you have to understand, you know, though the pictures that we see of, of, you know, the disciples gathered around this table, right, and, you know, they're all at a big table. Now, that's not the way they ate back then. They ate actually reclining on the ground, and they had a, like a table thing in front, and, and so they would recline around this table that was low. They'd be like on cushions, let's say, or pillows. And so if you have one reclining like this and one reclining like this and you're eating on a central table, for him to just kind of lean back and he's right there. So John was right in front of Jesus or the disciple whom Jesus loved was right there. He was about as close as you could get, right? And he leans back and he, and he asks him, Lord, who is it? Let's go to the next one. We're going to go quickly because we've got a lot of stuff to cover. John chapter 19. 19. Let's jump ahead to 19. John chapter 19, verse 26. Let's start in verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus. So we're at the cross now. And stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom, whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear mother, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus trusted him. There was this relationship that... that you know, he, he could trust him with his mother, and, and, and uh, he took her into his home. How about John chapter 20, verse 2? This is now after the cross and after the resurrection. Mary Magdalene came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, 
They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So he said, I won. But he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, he arrived, and he went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head, and the cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, let me say it again, also went inside, and he saw and believed. He saw and believed. How about, there's two now found in chapter 21. How many chapters are there in the book of John? Someone said 20. Just want to make, make it clear here. 21 chapters. Look at verse 7. They're out fishing. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him. For he had taken it off and jumped into the water. He recognized. He was the first one to recognize. They're all wondering, who in the world is that over there? The guy's telling them, you know, how to fish. He says, it is the Lord. And then finally, jump down to verse 20. Jesus is having this uh, discussion with Peter and really kind of ties in with the the, the fact that three times Peter had denied the Lord and, and, and Jesus is kind of in this process of restoration, really. But Peter turns around in verse 20. He saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. And this was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? And when Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. You must follow me. What about him? What about that guy? Look down at verse 24. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. This is the disciple who, who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. John recognized these things, and, but, but there was something that, that, he, that he realized, that he understood, I think, to, to a level that I, think that, that I think we should all kind of ask ourselves, do we even have a, a fraction of that? He knew it, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He believed it, and he wasn't afraid to say it. Would you tell someone you work with that Jesus loves you? You know what? I'm, I'm a disciple of Jesus, and he loves me so much. Would you say that to someone in your family? I'm a disciple of Jesus, and he loves me. Would you say it to yourself? I am a disciple of Jesus, and he loves me. He loves me so much. Any of you know what, what other names uh, uh, that John goes by? Son of Thunder. Okay, we'll get to that. 
something related to love. We'll get to that. They call John the apostle of love. They call him John the Beloved. See, there's something about love that's, that's going on here. There's something about love in the life of this man that he could write something like that, that he could be so impacted by the love of Jesus in his life. John wrote five books, right? We call them books, but he wrote five books. Uh, he wrote... Uh, one gospel, right? He wrote three letters, and he wrote the prophecy, right? So he wrote five different books, but if you go and, and look at this and, and uh, do a search uh, for the word love, loved, or loving, any form of that word, I, I went and looked it up, and, and he used a form of that word 100 times. That's a lot. 100 times he used that word. He was changed by love. Love had something in his life. You know, I think, and I, I think we all understand this, that the greatest need we have as human beings is love. And John came to this place where love changed him. You know, one of the traditions uh, say, and I'm not sure if this is true. We, we have no way of knowing it's, if it's true. It's not in the scripture. But one of the, one of the traditions about John says that when he was an old man, they would carry him in a chair and they would bring him in and set him in the midst of the people and he would say, love one another. He was all about love. Love was his, his thing. Now, I want to ask you this. Is it because he was so lovable that he was loved by Jesus? Some of you are saying, well, yeah, but that's John the beloved. That's John. You know, he, of course he knew. You know, he was like one of the inner circle of three, Peter, James, and John. You know, he was like there. He was like, of course. But that's him, and that's not me. But when you begin to look at who is this guy, John, was he, was he really all that special? Who was he? First of all, he was a fisherman. How many of you are fishermen? Some of you like to fish. Fishermen are kind of rough people, and I'm not talking about you people that raised your hands. But fishermen can be, you know, if you think of like cohoggers, for example, they're fairly rough. Does that make him lovable? Uh, maybe in a sort of a way. Someone else mentioned this earlier. Jesus called, you know, John, and his, his brother was called James. He called James and John the sons of thunder. There's a reason for that, right? He didn't just, Jesus didn't just call people names. Oh, that's, that's a kind of a cute name for you. No, these people were like, they had thunder going on in their lives. Like, who are these two brothers? Who are these guys? I can't even control them. It, you know, in the book of Acts, or excuse me, in the book of Mark, you know, they, they came to Jesus and, and they, you know, they said, can we have, we have, we have a question for you. And their mom was kind of involved in this too. You know how mothers can be. You know, she was involved in this too. You know, can we, when you come into your kingdom, can we have, you know, me and James, can we have a place, one, on of, one of us right on your right and the other on your left? 
Maybe that you can say, well, that was earlier. He didn't quite understand what was going on in, in the situation. And Jesus was talking to them uh, numerous times about, you know, if you want to be the greatest, you need to be the least. But they asked for this special position. Also found in the book of Mark, it, it, you know, John says these words. Teacher, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. The guy's got some issues too, right? We all have issues. John had issues. John wasn't like this guy with a big halo on his head, but, but he was changed. He was transformed by the love of Jesus. He knew it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn back to the Gospel of Luke and read, to, read from chapter 9 about these sons of thunder. Luke chapter 9, the sons of thunder. In verse 51, it says, As the time approached for him, that is Jesus, to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? That's kind of where they were at. But Jesus turned what? And rebuked them. And they went to another village. He rebuked them. Yet he was changed by this love. You know, thinking about it now, too, you know, sometimes love has to rebuke, right? He talks about, you know, a parent, you know, loving their child, and they need to sometimes discipline them. But as we look at the writings of John, we're going to look to a couple and, and turn to a couple here in a second, but let me just, let me just quote some of the, the, the more well-known verses. Of course, the first one, John 3.16, the most well-known verse in all the world, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So this is John, again, the disciple whom Jesus loved, but he didn't just love John. John says, for God so loved the world. He loves all of us. He loves you. John chapter 11, speaking about Lazarus, John writes these words. He says, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. John 13, 1, Jesus showed them what? The full extent of his love. And how did he do that? He washed their feet. He loved them. Later in John 13, Jesus said, As I have loved you, love one another. John 15, he says, Remain in my love. John 15, again, Greater love has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. 1 John 3, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. 
And I want you to turn with me now to the, to the letter of 1 John. And that's just, just before you get to Revelation. So right near the back, 1 John. We're going to look at two passages there. Again, this is the guy that uses this word 100 times, a form of the word love. 1 John 3.16. This is kind of interesting, right? We know John 3.16, and now we have 1 John 3.16. Now, just so you know, he didn't write down the numbers when he wrote this letter, right? They were added much, much later. But it, it's kind of interesting to me. Look at 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This is how we know what love is. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Then jump into chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And everyone who, ha who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Do you see what I'm saying here? This guy, this guy loved, the love of Jesus was like, Totally taking over his, his, whole, his whole attitude, his whole life, his whole thinking was changed by the love of Jesus. And he wanted to let other people know about it as well. One hundred times. In the book of Acts, of course, this is after Jesus has, you know, resurrected and, and, and then risen in, and, and uh, ascended into heaven they saw, and, and it's interesting, and it, it kind of ties with, with the verses we looked at in John where, where Peter and John, you know, J Peter's asking, you know, John, you know, hey, you ask him. And, you know, where he's saying, you know, what about him, the guy following us there? They, they kind of hung out together quite a bit, Peter and John did, which is kind of interesting. But it says that in, in Acts chapter 4, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John... And they realized that they were unschooled and ordinary men. They were astonished. They saw them, and, and they, they, these guys had courage. Peter and John had courage. Why? It wasn't because they went to seminary. It wasn't because, you know, they, they had their PhDs and all that. They were just ordinary people, but they had courage, and, and these people are astonished. And it says this, they took note that they had been with Jesus. They took note that they had been with Jesus. They had spent time with him. That's what, that's what changed them. And I believe that's what changes you and me, spending time with Jesus. We were talking last week about, you know, hearing the voice of God and that God does want to speak and, and that we take this time to, to speak with him and let him speak to us and 
And we, have, we build this relationship, and someone came to me and said, you know, it's about having intimacy with him. And that's what you and I need. You and me, do we, do we know, do we know it and believe it, that we are disciples who Jesus loves? I think sometimes we believe the lies more than we believe the truth. That, you know what I'm saying? We believe, we believe the lies. The enemy says these kinds of, kinds of things to us. He, he, you know, it's like relentless. That's why we sing this song, we're in a war. It's a spiritual battle. And we've got to, the first thing is the, the, you know, the belt of truth. We've got to know the truth. And the truth will set us free. But the enemy says these things over and over. He doesn't love you. How could he love you? Have any of you heard that? Now you don't hear a voice, but you think, you know, he doesn't really love me. Look what I just did. Look who I am. Look at the things that I've done in my life. That's the enemy, and those are the lies. What are we going to believe, the lies, or are we going to be, believe the truth? The truth will set us free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, Jesus said. And the context of that was, was, was getting into his word and, and his teaching, you know, being into what he has said. He's the one who told us the truth. He is the way, the truth the life. John, but it doesn't stop there. We're going to finish with the Apostle Paul. Look at this verse. He says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live, in the body I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me who loved me and gave himself for me. See how personal that is? He's not saying, you know, he loved the whole world. That's true. But, he, but, but it has to get to that personal level where John says, you know, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he loved me. And Paul, the apostle, says he loved me and he gave himself for me. He died for you and me personally. That's radical. Say, well, I know all that stuff, but do you really know it? I know all that stuff up here. I had to think about it myself. I know it all up here. We all kind of get an idea, but, but is it down here? Like, God, you love me so much. I can't even, like, I can't even take it all in. You love me so much. I don't think, I'm not, t- I'm not there. One last passage I want you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. So you've got to turn back, and that's in that whole section of letters. Turn back to Ephesians, right in between Galatians and Philippians. Ephesians chapter 3. And this is a prayer. This is Paul's prayer. Ephesians chapter 1 has an incredible prayer of Paul. And here in Ephesians chapter 3, he has another prayer. Let's start in verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family, the whole church, 
in heaven on earth and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And here's the part I want to focus on. And he said, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's, that's Paul's prayer. Paul prayed for the Ephesians and I think it's a good prayer for us too that we would be rooted and grounded, established in love but that we, we would be able to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep it is and that we would know it that we would know it is it possible look at verse 20 now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It's possible. It's not only possible, but he can do way more than we can even ask or think. Do you know he loves you? Do you really know it? Do you know it like Paul knew it? Do you know it like John the Apostle knew it? That love kind of was just a huge important part of like his whole being that Jesus loved me Jesus loves me this I know not even just because the Bible tells me so but it's something that I know I know I know I know that he loves me I think we can pray that for ourselves John was changed. He was radically changed by the love of Jesus. That's what changes us too. Let's pray. Our wonderful Heavenly Father, it's, this is a, it's almost beyond us. It's the love that passes knowledge. We just read that, as Paul said. But yet, he prayed that they would know it. And so for us to know this love that goes way beyond even what we think we know, that you would change us, that you would radically impact our lives, our thinking, with the love of Jesus, who loved me and gave himself for me, Paul said, that we would say that freely. He loved me, gave himself for me. Father, we, we need your help. We can't do it. We just can't make this. We can't just make it happen. We can't just try real hard. Lord, we, we, by your Holy Spirit, I pray you would uh, just open our eyes, open our hearts to how much you love us. I pray here today for any as well that Maybe you're struggling and, and you, you, you just don't think that he does love you. Well, I want to say unequivocally, he loves you. He loves you 
He loves you. And he proved it. He gave his life for you. And all, as, as John 3, 16 says, all you need to do is believe it and receive. Open your heart and ask him and say, Jesus, I, I want that love. Please come into my heart. Please come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me. And be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.